Welcome everybody to another exciting episode of Two Guys in a Beard, your video game podcast where we talk about anything theme related. I'm your host, Richard. And I'm your co-host, Cody. What's going on, Cody? Uh, not a whole lot. I got some packages in the mail today that I've been waiting on, so that's kind of exciting. Packages? What yeah. kind of packages? Uh, so I do a, a challenge every month or every year in October called Inktober, and it's a drawing challenge, and it's you oh. do a drawing a day, and it's done in ink. And so I got my sketchbooks that I needed for the next three years because I use uh, those little field notes ones. They're, mm-hmm. like, perfect for that. And I, uh... I scored some ones that are orange and black as the covers, which I thought was kind of pertinent to Halloween, but they're like tear proof and waterproof paper as well. So I'm like, sweet, because I love them, but the ink I use bleeds through them just like nothing. Um, And then I also, and so don't make fun of me for this, but I got a hoodie I've been waiting on, and it is the hoodie from the Barbie movie that Ken wears at the end. (laughs) I ordered it because I was like, I want it. It's like the fuzziest, softest hoodie I've ever owned, though. Jeez, okay. I mean, this I would make funny for that because it's, is it comfy? Oh man, oof! It's gonna be my like go-to winter hoodie, I think. Nice. I I know about Inktober. I know about that. I've seen mm-hmm. a lot of people do stuff with that. I think it's kind of cool. Oh yeah, Inktober. I uh, I do it with my students actually, and I get some really good, interesting examples and some some okay ones. But you know, I don't expect anything. Um, I don't expect masterpieces all the time with them. But I do it as as a nice. Uh, I should say I do it with my drawing and painting class because that is the class that focuses on that and is a very good exercise with them. They, they get a little bored about halfway through, but I'm thinking about doing it as extra credit this year instead of making it be the project. Um, so then that way, if they choose to do it, they can, which is what I did last year. Um, and I think I made it too many points last year. So I think, yeah, I, I still have uh, you know about a week to decide. But either way, I mean, my... My curriculum's planned out regardless. Like it's it's kind of a drop in project if I want to do it, if you will. Nice. But any, you. any specific themes that you're going to do on those October? Is it like Halloween? Theme uh, let me pull up the list really quick because they they release the list um, about a week or two in advance. Um, uh, let me look. Let me see. That's the rules. I want the prompt. Here we go. The prompt list. Uh, so they give you each prompt is usually a one word prompt and you have to create a drawing. Um, and so there's 31 prompts. And so the first weeks where the prompts are dream, spiders, path, dodge, map, golden, and drip. So hmm. I have some interesting ideas already kind of brewing for those. Um, but it'll be fun. And so like they they have all of them all the way up from 2016 was the, the first time they officially released a prompt list but i've been doing it since 2020 and i've completed it almost every year hmm and uh that's when my instagram blows up the most (laughs) i've seen a lot of people do a lot of crazy things things with that i've seen gaming ones i've seen Mm -hmm. horror i've seen rpg stuff i mean it's it's pretty cool things they do with that so that's interesting i'd be curious to see what you do on it Uh, i do a lot of pixel art nice i I really enjoy pixel art so i like pixel art Mm -hmm. right now i'm just my my little wiener dog has decided to join us this yep. round. He's just he's our third, our third host. Yeah, Jack Fourth the host. wiener dog. <laughs> Fourth host, yes, the beard. The beard. Uh, so what I've been doing is uh, since last week we talked. I mean, literally, we recorded that last week episode on Friday. Um, so I did. I played a little bit of Earthbound for like five minutes, and then I played a crap ton of 
Final Fantasy VII Remake, just to dabble in a little bit again, just to test a few things on my Switch, my Steam Deck. Mm-hmm. And then I played a little bit of uh, Drake's Fortune. No, no, Drake's Fortune. Uh, Uncharted 4. Oh, A Thief's End. A Thief's End. So oh. I've been playing that on my Steam Deck. It looks really nice on Steam it's Deck. A beautiful game. Yeah. So we've been talking a little bit about doing Earthbound and, and whatnot on there. And obviously this episode is going to um, talk about Earthbound and what some of our thoughts were on it. And what I like to say about this show is that we don't really like review, review these games. It's just more like this is our thoughts and these are what we're trying to do on them. We're going to play them. Um, so I'd be curious at the end of this. I mean, I guess the real question is, did you finish the game? No. Um, <laughs> I looked up the, the essentially the game is broken into it's open world in a sense. Like you could up to a point go back to any of the towns you've been in there's a section where you can't but i think it's a story related idea with it but Mm -hmm. so the game is kind of broken into segments if you will um i would say i am close to halfway with the game i mean i have two of the three party members you get and i know i have two of the sounds from the soundstone i don't know how many there i think there's four yeah, there's four of them. And I have two of them, so I'm halfway. And I've already seen the third one, but I couldn't get it because I didn't have Ness. Because there's a section. And if I have to say spoiler, I will. The game came out in 1994. Spoil the crap out of it. There's a section whenever you get to a point where you go to Threed, where Ness and Paula, spoiler alert, Paula is just awful for the first chunk of her section. And maybe I played her wrong. I don't know. But she starts at a level one, and my nest is like a level was like a level almost twenty when I got Paula. Like my nest is kind of broken. But excuse me for burping. I apologize. Any hoot. Um, <laughs> there's a section, anyways. After you get Paula, so once you level Paula up, she's actually not too bad. She's pretty decent. And she's <laughs> got a lot of good uh, those uh, those psi power moves. Um, she's the one, by the way. So. When you play Ness, and he might learn it. I haven't learned it with him yet, but in Super Smash Brothers, and he always yells, fire, BK fire. She's the one who learns fire. Oh, so he doesn't do it at all. I don't know if he does or doesn't. Huh. I haven't unlocked it, but she does it. She does fire and thunder and uh, ice, or freeze, freeze. Um, but any hoot. So, anyways, I have Paula, and after you get Paula and you go back to Tucson and you tell her parents, hey, I found Paula, they decide to let her go with you. And they give you, I don't remember what they, they give you something, I think, that goes goes with her. And then you go talk to Mr. Everdread, and he gives you $10,000 randomly. Well, it turns out that's part of a thing with the, the theater in town, and you pay off the debt of the band, and the band is who takes you to Threed. They get they have a tour bus, and that's how you get to Threed. Oh. And once you get to Threed, there's a couple little things you can do. The, there's a, It's kind of like a haunted uh, house almost kind of town it's overrun with zombies but uh so once you get to three and you get there's a certain thing that happens to where you get knocked out and ness and paula wake up in a cave and paula calls out psychically to jeff well then it pans over to winters is the town jeff lives in and you get to play as jeff and i like jeff like from the get-go i like jeff jeff is fun jeff uses guns and i don't mean like actual handguns like jeff's using like toy ray guns and stuff but they shoot actual like yeah it's weird Doesn't make any sense. Fun. or you get a stun gun you get a stun gun oh. with jeff too uh, he's fun and jeff can fix things 
Like that if you go to a hotel, he has like you can find broken things, and he'll fix them and make them things. Like I found a broken, you can find a broken air gun, and if you have his his IQ, I think it is up high enough. When you go to a hotel and sleep, as long as he's holding the item, he'll like wake up in the middle of the night and fix it and make it a, an air gun that works and things like that. Like it's it's weird, but. Jeff has this whole side quest thing where you go through and you meet your dad and Ardo Ardo Nuts, Ardo Nuts, something like he's got a really weird name, Ando Nuts. I think it's what it actually is. And he puts you in what looks like a classic sci fi spaceship and that's how you you literally fly around three in this thing until he figures out where they are and then he crashes it into the ground to find them. Oh nice. Yeah. Hmm. And that's about as far as I've got oh I've yeah, it's about as far as I've gotten, but it's fun. I mean it's much more fun with three players than two because by that time Paula's leveled up enough that it she can hold her own, and so leveling Jeff up is super easy. But because you play that section as Jeff for a little bit, Jeff comes into the game or comes into the group, or at least he did for me at about a level five or level six, and then from there it's easy, easy, easy to beat the enemies. Like when it's one guy, you can take him out in one turn of all your characters. Because hmm. by that point, my Ness is level 23 or 4, Paula's level four. I think my Paula is level fourteen, and Jeff is level fourteen as well. But I mean, it's so you with Jeff. I think you trade in psi powers. I don't think he gets them, but he can spy on people. I don't know what it means, and then he can fix broken things. So there's a lot of interesting things that they can do. Um, but yeah, I mean that's uh, that's where I got. I got. A, I would I would guesstimate I am close to halfway. Okay. How about hmm. you? <laughs> not even halfway. Uh, like I barely got out of on it, or and then the other like I'm right before where you get what's her name. Um, before you get Paula, mm. um, I'll be honest, I lost interest in this game. Like it did not grab me as I thought it. At the very beginning, it did. I was like, this is kind of neat, and you know the, the gimmick of it. But then I just lost interest of the story, the characters on it, and maybe it's because I didn't give enough time. But I did play a good eight or nine hours, I think, on it. And I just did not grab it. Did not grab me. And I know that's going to be an unpopular opinion because there's a lot of people that really like the Earthbound series. Like it's a it's a staple of the Nintendo RPGs that you know people that love RPGs such as myself are like that's a game that you have to play it and it has to be amazing. And you're like, okay, cool. So you play it, and if you don't like it, then you might be shamed on it. But eh. I got a buddy of mine who's probably going to shame me on it for sure. My old podcast host, but. Is it it just didn't grab me. Like it, you know, he loves it. Okay, I know he likes the series, but I just did not fully grab me on it. Maybe it's the the not really the art style, but I just couldn't get into it. If that makes well, any sense. Well, and you strike me as more based on our conversations outside of the podcast. You're more of that high fantasy, high concept JRPG RPG kind of player, anyway. Correct. And Earthbound is definitely, even though it was made in Japan, it is meant to be a satire of America. And so it is an Americanized version of of what a Japan of what Japan at the time I think or the developer at least was like this is what an RPG would be in America because it does it, it is turn based it offends me. No, I mean, well, it's it also probably does offend some people. I, don't I mean, know. it probably does, but I mean, I do. I and here's one of the gripes I do have about it um, is I don't like the first person view of the turn based system. It is very weird. That, that bothers me like that. And one of the, my most famous things that people know me on through like the older podcasts and things like that is the Fantasy Star series. Mm-hmm. I, sorry, Zoe, fucking hate 
fantasy star with the passion. I don't get the story. I don't I either. Four. I don't know. And I know there's that one I just can't stand. I need the um, the other style of, you know, what it is for Final Fantasy, where it's the side view and, you know, kind of things that we're getting at. But, like, these kind of things that just don't fully understand um, the people's appeal to it. So, and that could be what it is, is the because the, Fantasy Star came, you know, back in, in the 80s, in early 90s, before mm-hmm. this game came out. If people love that series and it's still going. I mean, I don't think it's going anymore. I think, you know, it's Fantasy Star Online Genesis, New or, Genesis, I think is what it's called. I have no idea. So I don't, you know, don't people, get it. it's like an MMO, but I, yeah, I don't get it either. That doesn't mean I believe it's a bad game or no. that I believe you believe it's a bad game. I just, I don't get the story. Yeah, I don't understand it. So in this one here, I just don't understand the story either to an extent. Um, I get what you're saying. That makes total sense of where it's a satire of America culture based on that views of the developer for Japan and you're just like okay cool and you're playing it and it's like this is just making fun of us it Which, makes me fine. think of a combination of the Goonies and E.T. you think they just watched those movies and said this well, is what it is really think about it it's a group of kids going on an adventure to save the world yeah which I mean isn't really the plot of the Goonies or E.T. but it's the group of kids like the Goonies involves aliens like E.T. If, okay, if anything, it's more like uh, The Last Starfighter or um, I cannot think of the name of it, but these two kids build a spaceship in their backyard and then go on an adventure. It was an 80s movie. <laughs> but, like, that's what it makes me think of is those 80s kids' movies where the kids go on this grand adventure. And, and if you think about it, that is entirely what this game is. This game, even though it came out in the 90s and is considered retro, still feels like an homage to 80s American films to me. It's... My biggest gripe, so you you know, you know, were talking about yours, my biggest gripe with this game, there is points where it is too hard. I get that. Like, early on, early early levels with any character, besides, even Jeff. I had a trouble with Jeff, and I, have, we haven't, I haven't unlocked the final guy, who I know is canonically called Pooh, which is hilarious. Early levels with them are so hard, and you will die so easily. I can't tell you how many times I died as Ness before I finally was like, he's leveled up enough, I can tackle these things. But then, like, Jeff I had the least amount of issue with. I think I died once, and that's because I got caught with a cave guy who is, they're insanely hard. But Paula, Paula dies way too easily in that game from in early levels to the point of where, like, I found the cup of life noodles, which is, I'm pretty sure, literally a cup of instant ramen. Um... <laughs> Final Fantasy 15. Essentially. And I found it, and I gave it to her to revive her, and then she died the very next battle. So it was like, <laughs> why did I do this? And you running away. Running away is next to impossible. It I is. I, ever, I tried it. And I only didn't. ever got away once. I never got away. I tried. I tried to run all the time. Yeah. Uh, but that's the big thing is I don't even I don't even think it's too grindy, honestly. I really no. don't. It's, I don't think it is either. It's too hard early on with those characters, though. You're not strong enough to take on some of the enemies it wants you to take on. And it's not playing skillfully either. You know, you some it, of you might say you, you, you're just not playing skillfully enough. But when there's no way to revive the amount of psi you have, short of going all the way back to your house or paying money in a hotel to sleep and get it back. Yeah. Like, I got one item I know that possibly gives it back, and it's the psi caramel. I have never used it because I'm just like, 
who do <laughs> I give it to? I mean, that's true. Uh, so let's kind of look at some of the development behind Earthbound. I know we're kind of looking at it a little bit. We talked about it last time. Um, I think the week two episode. Yes. Where it was the developers were uh, Ape Inc. and HAL Laboratories. It's published by Nintendo. Directors were. Uh, I just. I'm going to, again, if you know me on some of these, I cannot pronounce anything. Shigisito uh, Itoi? Itoi. Itoi. Um, he was the director of that. Uh, designers, Akino Minoria? I don't yeah. know. It's on the wiki page. Um, so it's a series of the mother uh, platforms, the Super, Ni- Super Nintendo, Game Boy Advance. This was on the Game Boy Advance? They re-released it. Okay. Mother 3 was on the Game Boy Advance. That's right. Um, so, the release was in Japan August 27th, 1994. It's the Am- 1 plus 2. That's the one that's on the Game Boy Advance. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, North America, June 5th, 1995. So we almost got an entire year. Almost, yeah. After we did. Uh, it is considered a role-playing game, so... That's what we knew about those. I find it interesting. One of the producers is Satoru Iwata. Who's that? He was the president of Nintendo. Oh, that's uh, he probably just passed away. I think recently. I think so. But that was the big thing. Is like I do find that interesting. But yeah, I mean, the the funny thing is with this game is like, yeah, it's called Mother in Japan, and you don't play as the same characters in every game. I do know. In Mother 3, there is a way to see, like, a photo of the characters from Earthbound, which is Mother 2, um, which I do find interesting. Hmm. And, you know, I'd love to, I would love to play Mother 3 at some point. <laughs> You're not. I know. Well, you can, you can, just not legally. Yeah. You I think know. about I it. I would love to try it out just to see. Because I do know it's a little different. I mean, it's it's running on a different console. But the, the big thing there is, like, it's an interesting idea with it. And the fact that, like, that's the only way it really connects to Earthbound at all is, uh, is I think it's a photo. I think it's a photo that you find that is a picture of the kids. From that's Earthbound. it? I, yeah. And I oh, the first one? Uh, of uh, Well, in uh, Mother 3 hmm. with Lucas. And... Hmm. Well, so let's look at some of the details on this. So in Japan, Mother 2 sold 518,000 units, becoming the 10th best-selling game in 1994. Earthbound was released June 5th, 1995, North America. The game sold about 140 units, 140,000 units in the United States for a total of about 658 uh, units sold worldwide. Uh, Nintendo spent $2 million in marketing. Uh, the American releases ultimately viewed as an unsuccessful within Nintendo. Well, to be fair, they did market it with the catch for or with the tagline. This game stinks. And oh, okay. Well, they did, didn't they? I, re- I do you remember, I remember why? Why they it. do that? Why? The game box had a scratch and sniff on it. I don't know why. Not the cartridge, but like the packaging. And okay. what's funny is it is actually one of the rarer games to own on Super Nintendo. Like it is. And what makes the rare part of it is less the cartridge and more than and more owning the whole complete package. Isn't the pack, isn't the box like huge? It is. And the box has, uh, you might be able to, to pull up a photo of it, but the box has a scratch and sniff on it, which is the key thing that makes it super rare. Too. Okay. I'm, and I do know, like if you try to find this thing now, it's like, it's hundreds of dollars. If yeah, not more. I, think I know the, more. the box is, makes it more. If you Jeez. have the box, if you got it, anybody listen to the show, if you have it, 
Never sell it. It's like gold. So um, Earthbound originally received little critical praises from the American press and sold poorly in the United States, around 140000 like I stated. Um, in Japan, I mean, Kotaku described Earthbound's 1995 release as a dud and blamed the low sales on a brazen marketing campaign and graphics cartoonish beyond the average taste of players. Now, you got to remember, based on this article, too, is you have games that usually that came out was Chrono Trigger, Final Fantasy IV uh, was out, too. Around that time? Was it four? I think it was four. Yeah, I want to say so. No, 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 it was six. Was it Sorry, six? it was Final Fantasy VI that came out. Um, correction, sorry about that. Yeah, around that time, you got those games, and those games look great compared to that. So you have those difference of, of actual um, design. And I can understand where people are like, this game itself is a... Um, is more of a challenge. Like you have to really think on it and why it's like that because you got the, um, the satire behind it. Cause it's mm-hmm. not supposed to, it's not taking itself seriously. Oh no. Are you kidding me? The, it's such a weird and goofy dialogue. The dialogue is some of the best I've seen in a game and not because it's like this amazingly deep story. It's mm-hmm. so cheesy and it makes you laugh every single time you read through it. I, at least I feel like some, most of the time. Cause like, okay. So one of the enemies you fight, is new age retro hippie yep doesn't make any sense but it's the name of the villain and he stands there and he's like twirl you can't see what i'm doing he's like yeah he's high as hell he is and then or drunk uh, there's some drunk people you run across yes the drunk people threed has guys dressed up as marionettes and puppets that's not creepy uh they all look like slappy the dummy but (laughs) like off colored um zombies threed has zombies Mm -hmm. um old guys partying old guy or something like that is there is the guy's name and it looks like an old guy and i'm pretty sure it's like he's there's nothing act oh they're blue skinned too sometimes for some reason and the cops fight you yeah i got fought i got in a fight with the cops well yeah to leave on uh on it you have to fight the entire police force and the captain that's an american thing it's really you gotta funny. fight the cops it's really for <laughs> this game being special or i well <laughs> i don't want to get political but i do think it's hilarious you had to fight like the entire police force <laughs> Well, and you look at the the design of the game, like we talked about, um, compared to the games that came out, and all even the theme behind the games. Um, you have where it's Final Fantasy VI, where you're fighting an insane clown that wants to be God. That's right. Uh, you Six have is that one is a clown. Yeah, you've got Kefka, and then in Chrono Trigger, you're fighting Lavos, where it's a giant. Um, he's like a time traveling alien, or, not a time traveling alien, where he's in Earth and you're trying to just stop. The destruction of the of the future so you take time travel like where those games came into play their storylines were serious and and you know there's different brood there's darkness behind it and there's sadness and all stuff and then in this earthbound you've got like you're fighting drunk cops and and it's you're fighting a robot from the future and you're still trying to prevent the destruction of the world in the future but like so they kept that theme but they're like how can we be goofy I yeah. think, honestly, I do think, yeah, they watched a bunch of those, like, 80s movies where kids are gone on an adventure, and we're like, let's do that, because this is what's big in America at the time. And It doesn't take itself seriously. No, but I think it works for it, though. Yeah. I think if it took itself seriously, it wouldn't be as fun of a game as it is, because mm-hmm. it is fun. I do understand the getting bored with the story and mm-hmm. losing interest. I do definitely understand that, because there's definitely parts where it just kind of slugs through, but, like, 
I never felt like the gameplay was ever bad. No, the gameplay wasn't bad. I didn't think it was that part was bad. It's like the pacing of the story for me oh, yeah, is if, if the story does if the story doesn't continuously go, I have a, a really high chance of like having you know, what is it, ADHD like yeah. the shiny object syndrome where it's like, ooh, something mm-hmm. else. So, you know, that does play a factor in it too. And and you know, you think about other games you want to play and it's just like, oh my God. Um, and the game's just hard to keep me in, engaged to it. Uh, for that, I'm not saying it's not a bad game. It's just no. I lost interest in it. Um, so, why don't we look at? I don't know if you can read those uh, reviews. Uh, tell me what the f- like those reviews when it okay. came out. Was. So Famitsu, maybe it's Famitsu. Maybe uh, I said it wrong. Um, yeah. Looks like it's a 34 out of 40, That's which is no, bad. it's pretty decent. Well, Famatsu does it's, it's Famatsu. Uh, Famatsu does a lot of when they do their RPGs, they tend to rate them higher. I think. Well, and depending on the game too, mm-hmm. and I, I love the Legend of Zelda, and I think that it's almost a, almost a perfect game series. And I say almost because even it has some bad games, but I'm not going to say a word because I don't want to die. How do you say it again? Famatsu. Famatsu. Famatsu almost consistently rates it almost perfect. Mm-hmm. There's there there has been some they've rated lower, and I do respect their ratings. I I do know, you know, I don't think that they're like Nintendo junkies and everything. Nintendo does is great. In Japan, Nintendo is like number one without yep. question. So I do understand that part of it. But I do think that rating that they gave this game a 34 out of 4, I do think that's fair. I actually. Sounds about right. I so. mean, uh, Game Informer, an 8 out of 10. That that feels right to me. Game Fan did a, a 2. 257? Uh, 257 or 267 out of 300. Which, what is their rating criteria if they have a 300? It's probably like three people rating it 100 out of each, and they're doing it that way. That makes no Maybe. sense to me, but sure, no. whatever. Or they're like huge like category points that they're using and like all that. I don't know. That seems a little – I don't know about this company anymore So or this rating. So. Yeah, it's a Super Game Power gave it a 3.5 out of 5. All the ratings I do agree with. I, it's mm-hmm. definitely – is it a perfect game? No. But is it a bad game? Definitely not. I don't even think it's necessarily mid. I think it's actually pretty high up there for me. Um, Game Fan even gave it an award. What's the award on it? RPG of the Year. Okay. I get that. My big thing, though, is knowing that when this game came out around this, the, the uh, uh, we'll say the two years you know, that this game came out, so 94, 95, you did have Chrono Trigger. You did have Final Fantasy VI which are two of arguably the most famous RPGs ever made. Chrono Trigger, if you ever get to do, and I'm sure you've done this, the mm-hmm. research on that game, like... It was going to be a Final Fantasy game. There's just no way that that game can ever be made again because, like, you got three of the most famous Japanese creative people in the world to come together with their companies and make this game. Yeah. Like, this game is one of those, like... I can't think of the term, but like it's it's like a once in a lifetime thing. I don't think it'll ever happen again. I mean, you literally had the creator of Dragon Ball do the artwork for this game. Yep. Then you had uh, those those um, yeah, FMVs they have for those like on the Steam version and whatnot. Those uh, movies, they're pretty good, and you could definitely tell that's his art style. Oh yeah, and that's the big thing with 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 uh, Chrono Trigger though is like. There's a reason that game is so highly rated. Not only is that game actually weirdly replayable because you can do the different timelines in different ways and stuff, but mm-hmm. like there's there's like different endings. Pretty. I think there's like ten different endings, something like that. Yeah, and you can get the bad endings, 
Um, I know we kind of went off on a tangent. This one but it's considered retro, but you can. One of the bad endings is like you just fail and Lavos wins. Yeah, because it's. I forget what you do to get that ending, but I do know that I think it is you one die. Yeah, it's. Uh, or you go all the way. So I've done this you before. You fail to save somebody, and that causes him to win, or something. Yeah, I've done this before. Where like where I didn't when I first played the game a long time ago, and I didn't understand it. Um, I literally just jumped straight to the future, like mm-hmm. the end of the end of the world. Don't don't do that unless you're prepared. Well, it's like I, Breath I, of the I, Wild. You can yeah. go straight and fight in Ganon straight yeah. after you leave the Great Plateau. I do not advise it, but you yeah. can. Yeah, <laughs> and you die horribly. Oh, so yeah. um, I mean that's that's Earthbound in, in a nutshell. And I'm sure, like you know, there's a lot of people that consider this game like to be one of the best games ever, and it's just you know overall you know crazy. So the way it is. So I've looked at some of the. Uh, ratings that they've done for retrospective assessment so people going back to the game and reviewing it in you know most recent times you've got um all game which gives it a four four out of five stars um, game zone 10 out of 10 ign a 9.0 out of 10 nintendo life 10 out of 10 an official nintendo magazine a 90 percent. i think it's considered one of the top like one of the all-time great rpgs or, or, or no excuse me nintendo games I mean, it. I would. Oh, well, that's interesting. Huh. Earthbound's childhood protagonist in an ordinary American setting influenced South Park creator Trey Parker. Huh. Okay. Yeah. Thank I you, mean, Wiki. Yeah. The big thing with this for me with this game is it's one of those like rare points in time where like they had a chance to do something and they did it. And. I think it's actually one of the more beautiful 90s era Nintendo games. It's very vibrant. Yeah, the colors really pop on it for sure. What about the music? We didn't talk really about the music. I kind of like the music. I music's not bad. The music's pretty good. Like like I said, and like we both said, it's not a badly made game. It's not an unfun game to play at all. It's just one of those ones where it's like there's things we like about it, things we don't like about it. Kind of the same with Fall. Is it better than Gotham Knights? Well, yeah. <laughs> it's only the second game we played for the show that, you know, you know, finished, but it's okay. I mean, my big thing with Gotham Knights was just I wish that it – I wish it wasn't so grindy. I do think the game is fun. I think there's things they – like, like almost like quality of life improvements that if they mm-hmm. would make them, the game would actually run a little better. So, but You said, you know, quality of life stuff. It, you know, looking back at – earthbound here that weren't really supposed to be focused on <laughs> that i tangent on um if they were to go back and remake this game how well do you think it would be how well do you think it'd be received i should say i think it depends on how they chose to do it because 2d hd yeah i think 2d hd would actually work great as long as they kept the you have to have those bright colors that makes mm-hmm. this game in a lot of ways like i'm not saying there's parts because even when it's nighttime it's not like they use purples to show night. Like, three is, like, at nighttime, so it's in purples and deep blues. And like, yeah. It works. Like, I felt when I played this game, I, as I was playing it, it kind of brought me back to when I was a kid. And not that I played this game as when I was a kid, but it brought me back to when I was a kid and, like, going on adventures with my friends. Like, that's what I started thinking about. Mm-hmm. And, like, would I have done this? And, I mean, probably not, but... <laughs> Would do, do you miss like this style of gaming, like this feel now compared to the AAA games that we get now? 
I do sometimes. Yeah. I love the AAA games we get. I mean, I think like God of War, for example, I think is one of the greatest. The 2018 one. I'm mm-hmm. not saying I don't like the other ones, like the, I need to play the ones before one. it, but like it's just so well made and so well acted, and it's very deep storytelling, but it's fun. And like it's still a God of War game, and it's still gory, and you still like rip people in half and stuff. But like, I miss the simplification of like. So you're thinking like the style of like Octopath now, and yeah. you know like those type of things. I think this game would do well as a 2D HD if they were to remaster. Do I think it'll happen? Probably not. But if they kept the colors and they did this as a 2D HD game, it would. There's a market. It would sell. I don't know how well it would sell, but I mean. Again, it's one of those games that it came from the Super Nintendo and there were so many amazing games that came out for Super Nintendo that, like, I don't know if we're to even rate this one because, like, it's competing with Super Mario World, The Legend of Zelda Link to the Past, Super Mario World 2, which, if you've never played that one, is a beautifully done game. Yeah. Um, and those are just the Nintendo ones. I mean, it's competing with Super Metroid. It's competing with... Um, I'm going to throw Ghosts and Super Ghosts and Goblins in there just because that game actually is kind of really cool to watch be played. Yeah. But, like, there's all these amazing games that came out on the Super Nintendo. But then to have this really weird, almost slice-of-life Americana-style game that wasn't made in America... I don't think that the following... So, again, we saw the 148,000 sales in the United States, okay? And then the the sales in Japan. I mean, yeah, Japan probably carried – I mean, obviously, Japan carried it uh, on sales-wise. But, you know, bringing it over here to the United States, if they – to redo it, I don't know if it would have enough backing – not really backing, but sales to qualify as a success. We'll see. Okay, so Live Alive. Uh Uh-huh. Did the – I don't think the original one came out here at all. it did not. But when they remade it, they released mm. it here. And I think it's done okay. I think it did over 500. And see, that's the thing. I'm wondering if that would happen with this. Could. I just don't know. Like, I don't, like, you don't, and that was another one, too. Like, Square Enix had that in their backlog of, um, you know, of those games live alive. But, you know, nobody really knew about it. But people that did know about it are the ones that, like, I'm going to secretly trans, I'm going to do an emulation. I'm going to fans translate it. I'm going to do all these other things that's, you know, you know, hushed upon, but with Earthbound, I mean, it's here. Everybody knows about it and stuff like that. I don't know if people like will go go gung ho. I do know a lot of people that will love it, like in the, in the community that <laughs> I have, brother. huh? Your brother, my brother and wife. But in the community that I have with the RPG after years, or excuse me, the RPG years, like I know that group. Um, my buddy Scott Spot, uh, he likes all those games. Um, you know, I would that, buy it. If uh, I'm being there's, honest, I, I just think there's a niche group of people that would buy that. And if Nintendo did the same thing they did last time with the marketing campaign, I think they'd have to learn from that and not do that again. Yeah. The, this game stinks thing. Yeah. I don't, I don't know who thought about that. Uh, I wonder like that person was like, I'm just going to market the game and say, it just sucks. Don't buy it. It's terrible. It's like, you, you can't tell, you tell America's one thing. They're going to do the opposite. Yeah. I bet that that was his thought. It probably was. Yeah. I mean, if you think about it, it probably was, but Oh, I see. It it was listed in 1001 video games you must play before you die. Well, great. I've tried it. I'm good. Well, now I want to figure out what the other 1,000 games in this list are. Where's I mean, that at? It's right there under Acclaim and Influence. You know, 
I do think it should be a game you at least try. Oh my if God. nothing else. I think it's a very emblematic game of the Super Nintendo. I think it's one of the, those games that shows the Super Nintendo at its arguably best. I I mean, I get that. I'm looking at this game, this list here, and it's like, how the hell did they break it down? So they got it by system. Okay. So let's look at Super NES. Oh, God. It just won't let me. There's really not that many games from there. Arcade's got the most. But it doesn't let me go into it. Oh, it's a book. Yeah. I think, yeah. So, yeah, look at the book and stuff like that. And that book is first published in 2010. So we'll have to review that and see what it is. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I mean, okay, so if we were to rate this game out of we'll, – we'll go five. Rate this game out of five. What would you rate it? Three. I think, I, I think I'd go a 3.5. Like, I do hmm. think it is a very well-made game, like we've said, and I think it is fun, but I do think that its legacy more than anything else lives on and – what the games it inspired the shows apparently it inspired including south park but like that's wild than itself yeah i mean it's definitely a nostalgia game too i think a lot of people that still like this game it's from when they were kids and if i'd have played this as a kid i think i would have liked it because it's so cheesy yeah it's definitely like not toilet humor but definitely humor little kids would think is funny because like pokey is Half the kids in this game, I think that they go by nicknames more than anything, like Pokey and Picky, and and they're they're names that you as a kid would have given your friends as a nickname, <laughs> in a way. And yeah. Then, like, you fight dogs and and uh, they're birds, birds, dogs, snakes, yeah. all sorts of things. In addition to people, and it's it's just a weird, weird game, but it's it's a fun game. I I don't know. There is no other game like it other than its prequel or its prequel and its sequel. I think that it is the series as a whole. There's just nothing else like it. No. And I don't think there should be. I think that it's cool enough that it's that it's its own thing. I mean, did you figure out the money thing? Well, I, when you call your daddy gives yeah, you money. Yeah. I think it's because of battles. The more battles you do, the more money he gives you. Oh yeah, because he dropped like almost two grand in my account one time. But it's because yeah. I had died and come back and murdered the same like five people over and over again. Yeah. So you know, obviously, we're going to close the chapter on the retro, at least this chapter. Obviously, this chapter is going to get reopened oh. several times during the life of this podcast. Um, what are your hopes for the next or, or the next retro? What do, What would you like to see the next retro game we possibly do? I don't know, cause I I the hard part with doing retro games is you have to be able to ha have copies of them, True. and there's just so many that you can't get copies of anymore. I mean, I almost I don't want to. I think adventure games are kind of be the best ones to do. I mean, if we were to do like, okay, so pipe dream game, I think it'd be fun to try to go through Street Fighter Two and play and win with every character just because. But okay, that doesn't have a story. That's the thing. But, but it's still fun. I mean, there's kind of a story. It's it's one of those ones where like the story is very minimal. It's like playing Mortal Kombat. You really only get the story when you beat the game with yeah. each character. But like, well, at least the older ones. The newer mm -hmm. ones, I think they've done it differently. Um, oh, I don't know a different kind of game or like, uh, F zero ninety nine just dropped. Dude, I've been playing that a little bit. This is kind of fun. 
I downloaded it. I haven't played it yet, but I want to. Try it. Do it. And that's the thing. Like, those games, like, like maybe games where there hasn't been a new one in so long that they're in that unique niche. Like, F-Zero hasn't had a new game in forever. And while this is technically a new game, it's really they took F-Zero on the Super Nintendo and made it into, like, a Battle Royale multiplayer, mm-hmm. which is fine. I actually don't mind that. That's an interesting concept that they did that. I played it, and I've ranked at least in the top... Um, 50. So it's not been bad. I don't know if there's like a lot of bots in there and there's a lot of Chinese. So I, there might be. I don't know. I mean, I my big thing is I'm going to give it a try and go with it. I mean, I played that Super Mario 35 when that came out. Yeah. That was actually fun. I like when Nintendo does those things. It's kind of like events. Stayed. Yeah. That one fun. made me sad because it was a lot of fun. I bet they just, they'll, um, they'll bring it back. But yeah, adventure games, I think, is were like those weird odd and in games. I just don't. I don't want to necessarily do another RPG and I don't consider the legend of Zelda to be an RPG on the sole fact of while you can rename link. It's link. Does it have a leveling system? Uh, only Zelda two and Zelda two is notoriously difficult. Yeah. I've heard about that. I've, so I've I mean, it, it's not considered an RPG. Then it's an adventure game. Zelda two is considered an RPG. Well, though, that one is. Levels, yeah. But, but the rest but the of them one. are adventure games. Yeah. Um, I think that the best, like for the retro ones that we can look at, uh, that I would like to look would would be definitely some of those platformer ones we talked about. Um, that or, or you know, mm. Contra or Castlevania or oh, Super Castlevania. Love, yes, um, yes. Not Star Fox. I tried that game on that mini, mini SNES. Which one did you play? The original or two? I played the original one. So two Star is Fox it? 2, well, it's... Star Fox 2 is technically retro, but in a weird way because it was developed and completed for and the Super never. Nintendo, and they never released it until... Yeah. They released that the the Super Nintendo Mini, and they labeled it as a gift. Um, but then they put it on Switch Online, and I mm. actually play it. It's really fun. Yeah. <laughs> well, and then we can also look at some of the Game Boy games that you know that have come out, because um, that's considered the, the Game Boy Advance stuff that's on there. Yeah, and then we could do Game Boy Color. Yeah, Game Boy and Game Boy Color all together too. And there's there's some good ones in there. Yeah, we, uh, we got some. What it is in there that I just. Uh, it's a Kirby game for Game Boy Advance. It just released, and it's a really good one. Dreamland one? No, it's not Dreamland. It's not Dreamland. It's you. So it's like a weird four-person co-op game if you link all your Game Boys because there's four different characters you could play as. It's it's really cool. Um, hmm. Or we could do Super Mario RPG. And <laughs> that comes out. Which on the remake though? I mean, I wouldn't be averse to it, but I'm pretty sure the original is on Switch Online. I'll have to look at it. I don't know if it is or not. I it's don't a, think. such a fun game. Yeah, I knew that. I mean, that's that's beloved for sure. So I mean, I'll have to look at it. That was Square Enix's first attempt at uh, merging genres, and now we have Kingdom Hearts. But it worked. Super Mario RPG is actually a really fun game. Yeah. It's weird, but it is fun. <laughs> uh, okay, well, I think we've hit the head on everything we want to talk about with Earthbound. Any last-minute things that we wanted to go over? Um, I think that... I think this has been probably the most fun month yet. I mean, yeah, yeah. we've only done two months worth of games, but, like, I don't feel like there was ever a point where I was like, oh, my gosh, I don't want to do this anymore. <laughs> that was me, though, with this one. See, I have a different opinion on that. And, uh, you know, that that's what's great, though, is we had those differing opinions, but we understand that that's just the way it is. Correct. Now, what's next month? Next month, it's October, so it's got to be spooky season. So I'm pretty sure it's uh, it's horror. It is going to be horror. Um, so we've already discussed, and our guest last month or last week, 
<clears throat> has picked the game for us. And that game is going to be called. The, is it going to you tell? You oh, say okay. It. It's uh, it's from the Dark Pictures anthology, and it is called The Devil and Me. Yep. So it's the newest Dark Pictures game. It's supposed to be the season finale of the Dark Pictures anthology uh, packet because you had Man of Medan, you had Little Hope, um, something Ashes, Ashes, House of Ashes. I think it was called, and now The Devil and Me. So. I'm really surprised I did not hear anything about a new Dark Pictures game. Or did they? Uh, I, don't I don't think they did. No, I know that the same company that did those games do, did The Quarry. Mm-hmm. And I know that's why there was such a time, long time between House of Ashes and The Devil and Me. Yeah. Which is fine because The Quarry is actually an insanely fun game to play. It was going to be between that game and The Devil and Me, but he picked The Devil and Me. And I think it's because you can probably finish The Devil and Me a little easier mm-hmm. to be fair. You can finish the quarry a, a playthrough of the quarry, depending on how you play in eight to 10 hours. My wife and I have done it in about seven. Mm-hmm. The big thing with the quarry is there are so many different endings. It's like 186. Yep. I believe what good God, yeah, there's a ton of endings. The a f- quite a few of them are very similar, like very, very similar. And, the true one of the true endings you can get in the game, like the true best endings. The only way to get to that series of endings is is a, there's a pivotal moment in the game you have to do, but mm-hmm. I won't spoil it. Yeah, because uh, I still want to play it. I've got it. I just haven't had a chance to play it. It's it is insanely fun. Okay. I really like that game a lot. Um, so that we decided to do Devil and Me, and we're gonna actually play that as a group. We I think are. is gonna be a fun deal, um, where everybody gets together and you know controls everything. Your wife, uh, our guest from last week will be there. Uh, my wife will be standing somewhere nearby, I guess. I think she should play with this. She hates horror, and she, I don't know, maybe she maybe might. Maybe in a party setting it'll be She good. might in a party setting. We'll get her drunk. Because, like, Until Dawn, man. Until Dawn in a party setting is so fun. It was. I, did I ever tell you what happened in that one with me? So, you know the very end where you play as Hayden Penitary? Yeah. Okay. Um, the very ending of it, you have to, like, keep your controller still. Mm-hmm. Okay. I sneezed. <laughs> and she died horribly. Oh, yeah, like, no, that game has uh, a ton of horrible deaths. The quarry does too, though. Yeah. There are some brutal deaths. I was mad about that because she was my, like, I was in a good run. I had nobody died. And that's the hard thing with the quarry. Like, my wife and I, the very best. So there's three in the trophies for PlayStation for that game. There are three. Is it gold tier? Is that the I one think so, platinum? yeah. Yeah. And there's only three of them. Mm-hmm. And there is everyone lives, everyone dies, and you get the White Wolf ending. And that actually doesn't spoil anything, weirdly enough. Um, but the percentages of like people who have gotten them, the hardest one to get is killing everyone. Really? Yeah. I figured that'd be the easiest. It's not. Make all the dumbest decisions ever. The easiest one to get is the White Wolf ending. Um, and then it's the, the everybody lives. We literally, I messed up like one part. And if I hadn't done that, everybody would have lived. Hmm. I don't remember what it was. Not that I would spoil it, but like there's, it's one of those games where there's a very minimal decisions that you think don't matter, but hmm. then they come back around later and just totally blow up everything you got going. Damn. It's wild. It's a beautifully done game. I do love that, uh, that whole group of, of game types because it's the story. It's not arcade. It's not. You know RPG. It's like it's a not, visual. It, it's a visual novelization. You remember those books that we had, like Goosebump books, mm-hmm. like Choose Your Own Adventure. Yeah, that's what like they that. are. Yeah. So I'm I'm kind of excited for it. So mm-hmm. look forward to that next month, um, next week's episode. That is what we're going to talk about. The kickoff 
of the um, horror month and theme. And then, uh, you know, other than that, we've got some secret projects working on the back end, too, that yes. we will discuss eventually. Um, other than that, Cody, anything else? No? Honestly, no. I mean, definitely uh, keep up with us on socials for sure. Yeah. Where can they find us at? Uh, you can find me on uh, threads and Instagram as Waka Flocka with F-L-O-K-K-A. And then you can find me on Twitter slash X uh, as Flocka Waka. Nice. Uh, F-L-O-C-K-A, and then W-A-L-K-A is how you spell Waka for me. But um, then Facebook under my real name, if you want to look that up, I imagine most of you probably won't, and that's fine. <laughs> so uh, where can nice. they find you? So you can find me at HailBlue1569 on Twitter. Um, you can also find the show on at, at, at Two Guys and Beard. The number two is spelled out. Um, you can definitely go on there, follow us, see what we were up to on those. You can email the show with any questions or comments or reviews. If they're bad reviews, please email them there. Uh, email the show at the number two, two guys in a beard at gmail.com. Also, please rate and review us on any of your podcasting uh, applications. Uh, it helps with the algorithms to make sure that you know we get up there in our gaming uh, conversations. Uh, Jack is growling here because he wants to talk too, I guess. Um, and uh, you know, all this can be found in our notes in the show's descriptions. We have a Patreon. If you want to support the show, that's just completely up to you guys. Uh, we'll leave that to you all. But uh, other than that, thank you guys for joining us on this awesome retro-themed month. Until next time. Toodles. Bye. <laughs>